Uh, this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a series. This is part one of the series called $3 Worth of God. $3 Worth of God. Um, let me read this poem to you. This is where I got the title. I would like to buy $3 Worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. There's a lot of people who want $3 worth of God. Uh, they want to go to heaven. They're going to show up to church about as many times as they think they need to to make sure that they go to heaven. It's kind of like fire insurance, right? I don't want to go to hell. Oh my goodness, I want to go to heaven, so I'm going to, I'm going to show up to church about that much. And, and God, I want you to bless me. When you see something going wrong, fix it for all that's good and holy. That's what I want you to do. Um, and, and I want to be saved, but I don't want to be transformed. The way I live my life, just let me live my life the way I like to live my life. And, and thank you for being full of grace and mercy, um, because that way I can live my life any way I want to live my life, and I still get to have an address in heaven, but don't forget to bless me. That's $3 worth of God. In contrast, there's another group of people. Um, and Psalms chapter 26, verse 8, no, 27, verse 4, sorry, 27, verse 4, it's the echo of their heart, and I think this is the echo of many of your hearts as well. It says, this one thing I want, this only will I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze at the beauty of your face and to worship you in your temple. In other words, I have lived enough life to know that this world does not have anything that, that is worthy of consuming me. Has anyone lived enough of that life? Like, I've lived it. I've lived it. I used to drive around on a BMX bike in rich neighborhoods because I grew up in a real tough neighborhood. I used to go to the nice neighborhoods and, and ride around. I grew up on the east side of the Houston. I used to hate the woodlands. I just didn't like these people out here. Don't take it personal. But I used to ride around the nice neighborhoods, and I'd look at houses, and I'd think, I want to be in a house like that one day. I want to have a brick on my house. I want to. And people would pass me as I'm driving in these nice neighborhoods and these nice cars. I'm going to have a car like that. And, and then all of a sudden, I can't remember when it happened, but I just could care less about the house and care less about the car and care less about the cash and care less. It, because you live enough life where you realize that it doesn't matter how many bricks your house has, it doesn't add anything to your life. Are you with me? You reach this point where you just say, God, I just want more of you. I just want more of you. And there's a huge distinction because I've got people in my own family that want $3 worth of God, and it frustrates the mess out of me. But that's where they're at, and that's okay. But if you're here, I'm going to tell you that passion is contagious. And if you keep coming here, I hope I ruin you to where $3 worth of God would never be enough for you. You just want as much of him as you possibly can get. 
I, am I, is there any with me on that? I need, uh, I need, I need um, uh, Adam and Toby. Why don't you guys come on up here real quick? Adam leads our business team. In other words, every dollar that comes in and every dollar that goes out, he writes his name on it before anything happens to it. This is really, you know, uh, he's the brains behind the operation. This is just kind of... Uh, my job on Sunday. So, Toby, happy birthday. Happy 31st birthday. My goodness. You got a son who's 27 and you're 31. That's fantastic. All right. Uh, Adam, how old are you? Today's his birthday. Oh, my goodness. He's 20? Stand up. Uh, stand up, Adam. My goodness. Man, happy birthday. When he stands up, he keeps just standing. It, <laughs> He's like 6'6". Six, six. All right. Let's imagine that this is their first date, and I set the date up. It was a blind date, a blind date. I set it up. I said, Adam, you got to meet this girl named Toby. Toby, you got to meet this guy named Adam. They show up. This is their first date. They just sat down, and all of a sudden, I come walking in. This is the first date, and I show up, and I'm like, so what do you think? <laughs> Is she pretty? You think she's pretty? He thinks you're pretty. Awesome. What do you think? Is he good looking? She was hoping for more, but... Uh, three waters. One, two, three. Um, do you think you might want to go out with her again? He's in. Do you think you might? I know we've only been here for like 45 seconds, but do you think you might want to go out? She said yes! Um, isn't this awkward? Yeah. It's, it's awkward because I'm here. I'm the third wheel. What she's thinking, what he's thinking is, hey, we got this from here. You did your part. Thank you very much. You got us together. We got this. And you can see his disposition, and we're just acting. He's like, bro, I got this. Get out of here. I got her at the table. That's all I needed you for. Get out of here. Give them a big round of applause, will you? So that's how I see my role. That's how I see my role on a Sunday morning. I need to get you here. I'm going to worship God all week long so that when we got this place cooking like a, like, a, like a hot iron skillet by the time you walk in, God's here, you're here, and then I got this message in my back pocket if I need it. But I don't want it. I don't, I don't, I, I, I deep down in my heart, I hope I don't need it. Kind of like Adam, if he texts me and like, hey, hurry, get here. Uh-oh, that's plan B. I show up. Plan A is you and God are meeting with each other. Now, let me ask you a question. If you were walking around 2,000 years ago when Jesus was walking around, would you be one of the people that would want to stay away, or would you want to be the people that follow him? Raise your hand if you would want to follow him. You think to yourself, I think I'd want to follow Raise your hand if you say, look, it's probably not a popular thing to say in church, but I'd probably stay away. Raise your hand. 
Okay? Nobody raise your hand. I, I would contend, I would contend that there's people here that are raising their hand and saying, I would follow him around. I, 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 but if we actually look at what happened when he was walking around, I don't know that, that you would. I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know if I would. I, that's just, it would take me some getting used to. Let's put it that way. Because when he'd show up, yes, he healed people. Yes, there was miracles. But there is a lot, I mean a lot of people who showed up with demons inside of them and you didn't like, I wonder if that guy has a demon. No, they had a demon. They're like, foam coming out of their mouth. How many people read the Bible enough to see he's casting out demons like crazy? Raise your hand. All the time. And these people that are possessed with devils are like throwing themselves in the fire. It's like, Major stuff going on here. We're not showing up for a Saturday morning Bible study. That's not what it was like. There's some major stuff going on. And it's not like a church in the Bible Belt where you show up and like, oh, so what are we going to do today, Lord? Well, today we're going to be talking about Sermon on the Mount. No, that's not what it was like. People were yelling things while he's talking. While he's talking, I'd appreciate it if you don't do that. I'm not Jesus. But it was chaotic. Blind Bartimaeus was sitting on the side of the road, blind as a bat. What's going on? 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 Christians are loud. They're, don't take it personal, I'm with you. Obnoxious. He could hear him coming a mile away. What is going on? Well, this, this, uh, hey, Jesus and Nazareth. Says, Jesus is coming. Jesus, Jesus. Hey, shut up. Don't you tell me to shut up. Jesus. It's, it's messy. A lot of people are okay coming to church and having a relationship with God just so long as they can sit here and there's a third wheel. But that was not God's desire. It wasn't his desire in the beginning. It's not his desire today. Well, let me illustrate this. Moses used to go up the mountain, talk to God, turn around, walk down, talk to the people. Hey, this is what God said. Then he'd go back up. This is what the people said. Hey, hey, this is back and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Finally, God said, look, look, Moses, I want to meet with them myself. Really? Okay. Comes down, he says, hey, in three days, God's going to meet with you. Really? Yeah, he's going to meet with you. I'm just going to stand here. This is what happens. He comes down. The people start yelling. I'm not going to read it to you because I don't have time. You can read it at home. But it's in Exodus chapter 19 and 20. They start yelling at Moses. We don't want to talk to him. We don't want to. You go talk to him. Come back and talk to us. We will talk to you. You go talk to him. Come. We don't want, because when God shows up, it's unpredictable. And we like predictability. We love predictability. In the third service last Sunday, the presence of God started moving. I was like, I, I'm a whole family stood up, walked out. Boom. I get it. I'm not mad at them. I get it. They showed up for this. You tell me, I tell you, you tell everybody, good bang. 
They don't want that. Because when God shows up, when Jesus shows up, it's a different ballgame. In theory, I want to follow Jesus. And then you get to seeing what Jesus does. It's like, I don't know if I want to follow Jesus. Are you with me? There's somebody in this room, and I can say this because she knows I care for her a lot. She was in the third service. She Monday morning, I need an appointment with the pastor, please. Comes in the office. What happened? She's been in church her whole life. What happened? I was like, I... some of you are sitting here going, what happened? <laughs> it's just the presence of God showed up, and I stopped preaching. Because I'm like, whoa, God's here. Amen. And he's always here. He's always here. But every once in a while, the people are on the same plane as, the, as God. And that doesn't always happen. Sometimes, I'll give you an example. People are like, just keep on singing, worship team. Sing for another 10 hours. And that's not really the plan that God had in mind this morning. And so we're just kind of on different fields. But when God shows up and the people are in the same mind, the same accord, all of a sudden special things happen. But point number one this morning is this. People have unpredictable emotions. They have unpredictable emotions. That's actually, um, my notes are messed up, so I don't know if that's actually point number one, but it is right now. Actually, <laughs> people have unpredictable responses. Unpredictable emotions. Let me give you an example. Jesus is sitting, and he's, he's eating, and all of a sudden this woman comes walking in. And she gets down, many of you know the story. She takes an alabaster box of perfume and she begins to dump it on her feet and she starts crying and worshiping God. Crying. She's crying her eyes out. Watch what happens here. Jesus is in the room. She's in the room. Her response is she begins to pour it, breaks it, and cries and then dries his tears with her hair. Okay? That's her response. The disciples in the same room, this is in the next verse, it says this, it could, that perfume could have been sold for more than a year's wage and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her. Do you see the, the contrast? Jesus is in the room. This emotional experience is making people uncomfortable. Let me tell you. Everybody wants to be in the presence of Jesus until it makes them uncomfortable. She's crying. You got guys in the room that don't cry. What's up with this? What's up with this? Jesus is like, you don't even know what she's been through. Have you ever wanted to say that? You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the hell I've been through. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I'm crying. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Have you ever wanted to say that? Why are you so emotional? And he says, this story will be told for eternity. Watch this. Uh, people have unpredictable emotions. When Jesus shows up, people have unpredictable desires. He showed up and there was a man possessed with the devil. He had a legion of demons in him. He casts all the demons out. 
everybody in the community came up to him. Let me read this. This is in Mark chapter 5, verse 17. Then the people began to plead with Jesus, leave the region. Get out of here. Please leave. And you say, what's wrong with you people? You can't ask Jesus to leave. Think about what they just saw. They saw a guy possessed with the devil. And then they all came out. And it was a major scene because they jumped into some pigs and the pigs ran off the cliff. It was messy. They said, get out of here. Some of us are like, I can't believe you would ever tell Jesus to get Well, they were telling him to get out because they couldn't get out. Jesus is in their city. See, if something, if Jesus was here and that happened, you can get out. Peace, I'm out of here. This place is crazy. <laughs> but if he comes in your house and it happens, you have nowhere to go. So you, you get out. You see the contrast? So the people are saying, this is making me really uncomfortable. You need to leave. Watch the contrast. The very next verse, as Jesus was getting in the boat, he left. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to come with him. When Jesus shows up, people have unpredictable responses. Point number two, Jesus has unpredictable requests. See, we want a cognitive, safe relationship. Safe. I want to know exactly what's going on here. No surprises, please. Thank you. We show up. Oh, there's a heaven. There's a hell. I want to go to heaven. What do I need to do to do that? Well, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. I can do that. You're saved. Awesome. Oh, by the way, there is no salvation without transformation. Trans transformation is a result of salvation. Do I have to be saved? No, it's a result. It's like me, like if I'm fully dressed and I jump in a pool. I get out, I'm all wet. If I say, I want to jump in the pool, but I don't want to get wet. Well, <laughs> you jump in, you're going to transform. Well, how are we going to work this out? I want to jump in, but I don't want to get wet. I'm saved, but I'm not changed. Something's different. You're either not saved or you're lying. You never were saved. Well, how can I do this? The grace of God. He's full of mercy. Yeah, that's why he let you jump in the pool. See, people want salvation, but they don't want transformation. I don't think I want Jesus to show up. People start crying. People start getting emotional. You might ask me to change. He might. No, it's not that he might. He will. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but be transformed into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know God's plan for your life, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So many people are like, I don't know God's plan for my life. Rewind that verse. Then you will know. 
work with it. Don't jump in the pool with towels. I'm not going to change. Are you with me? I'm not going to get wet. I'm not going to get wet. Don't jack with me. Don't jack with me. I just play I just don't want to go to hell. That's all. I just want to be saved, okay? Don't jack with me. See, people want to be closer to God just as long as they don't have to change. I want to treat my wife the way I want to treat my life. My wife, stay out of my business. If I want to look at porn, let me look at porn. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. If I want to do, if I want to, if, look, I want to do what I want to do. Once again, everybody who raised their hand, I oh, would want to follow Jesus, really? Because people get really emotional when he shows up. Things change when he shows up. And you say, why do people get emotional when he shows up? You have never experienced the presence of anything, anything in the You have never experienced anything in the world like the presence of God. Anything in the world. If you've ever been to space, you've never experienced anything like the presence of God. If you've been at the bottom of the ocean, you've never experienced anything like the presence of God. If you've been in Alaska and freezing your nose off, you've never experienced anything like the presence of God. If you've been in Hawaii standing on a surfboard, don't tell me about it because I'll get jealous, but you still have an experience that when you feel the presence of the creator of the universe, your body, your mind, your senses does not know what to do. Those people, the Bible says, they begin to tremble when the presence of God came in. When the woman of the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment, he turned around and said, who touched me? She's sitting there trembling. The presence of God rocks your world. And we're like, don't rock anything. Are you with me? Say yes. yes. When he shows up, everything changes. That's why there's so many churches. Because that may not be for you. But you want to go to heaven. There's Christian churches everywhere that's set up just for you. You just want to just like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Thanks. There's one right around the corner. Nothing wrong with it. Different strokes, different folks. You got other people, other churches. Ah, they literally worship just like this. Ah! I know, because I grew up in them. Just remember this. Remember this. The word without power is dry. The power without the word is dangerous. You got to have both. If you don't have both, you're fooling yourself. You think you're in the presence, but you're not. That's why the Bible says, your lips honor me, but your heart far from me. But when God comes walking in the room and he can do whatever he wants, that's why the crowd got smaller and smaller the closer he got to the cross. 5,000, 4,000, a couple hundred, 12, and nobody. Gets smaller 
and smaller and smaller. But when he shows up, you stick around, anything can happen. And that's why so many people get healed at celebration, because you keep showing up, you keep showing up, you can mess around and get yourself healed. Uh, where's my girl at? Where are you at? Where are you at? There you are. Come on up here. Um, I want you to share with everybody um, your most recent experience. I'm going to get all this stuff out of your way. Stand right here so everybody can see you. Tell everybody your story. Hi. Um, I want to share two great things that's happened to me recently here at Celebration Church. Two of those are healing, so better not mess around. You'll get it. Um, one of the times I, I was just standing in my seat, and I felt a really um, hot, really intense tingling. That's the day that the Lord healed my neck. I could not turn my neck from side to side. It, would, it was just extreme pain when I would try to turn it. I started turning it like the pastor said, move the things that are in pain. That's what I did. And bam, I feel a snap, and it's not, it's not bothered me another day since, thank God. And then another time... I was standing there waiting for the altar call, and I heard him say, well, sometimes you feel an intense, you know, tingling. Sometimes you feel an intense heat or cooling. I felt like somebody had dumped biofreeze from here to about mid-back my back. I've dealt with this pain for over 30 years, and I went to the altar. Pastor prayed for me. He said, is it still there? No. Let's pray again. So he prayed again, and I was in such shock that he, he asked, is it still there? I said, no, it's not. It's gone. And thank God, I was my back, my pain that I've dealt with for over 30 years has not come back. I have You will see me at this altar again because my faith is high and my pride is low. I will not stop until I get a full body healing. So it's on. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. This is what I want to say. Since November, people have been getting healed here every Sunday. Does everybody get healed? No. But every Sunday, people get healed. Every Sunday. I believe people get healed this morning. But this is, this is what I want to say real quick. About... I don't know, 16, 17 years ago, I was on staff at this church up in Illinois. And there was another pastor on staff. And this pastor said, I've been dry for three years. For three years, my relationship with God has just been, it's just been dry. It just hasn't been there. And in my mind, I thought to myself, what have you been doing for three years? Because I know what it's like to go through hell sideways. Hell, life is hard. Life is so hard. Wave your hand at me if life is hard. It's like life is hard. But it's never supposed to be dry. If you're dry, that means you haven't taken the time to make an exchange. The Bible says, come to me, those of you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Did you, have you not been going to him? Have you not been going to him? I'm going to illustrate what going to him looks like. And, and 
And I want you to steal the spirit, steal the verse that I'm going to share, steal the attitude that I'm going to share with you. And I want you to bring it into your personal life. But while I am illustrating it, some of you may feel the presence of God while I'm praying. In Job chapter 4, I think it's verse 6, 4, he says, The Spirit of the Lord grazed by my face, and hair stood up on end. Sometimes the presence of God touching you it's what we call goosebumps, but it's, it's your hair begins to stand up. It's like this graze. Sometimes it's this tingling, this warmth. Many of you will feel it while I'm praying. And while I'm praying, I want you to do two things. Number one, anticipate getting healed while you're sitting in your seat without anybody touching you and praying over you. But the second thing is, I want you to take this verse. It's in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. I want you to memorize it. It's easy to memorize. Put it in your gut, and I want you to worship this way when you're alone. Because when you're here, you don't want to make a scene. But when you're by yourself, make a scene. Are you with me? Because this is how the Lord wants you to worship. He wants you to worship fervently. He, it's, he, he says that in John chapter 5, verse 16. Fervently. He wants you to participate in what's already happening in heaven. Let your will be done in heaven as it is, on earth as it is in heaven. And so I was trying to memorize this scripture, and I was originally I was just going to memorize it. And then I started praying it, and then I started to realize I was participating with angels. Because in heaven right now, right now, angels are circling his throne. And they're not saying, God, you're good. That's not what they're saying. They're saying, you're holy, you're holy, you're holy. You know what holy means? to be set aside for an honorable purpose. You're different than anything we've ever seen. You're, you're different. And that's why the Bible says, be holy even as he is holy. Set yourself apart. Watch this. I'm going to get ready to pray. I'm six minutes over. But God wants to touch a few of you. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. This is what I do. I put white sound in my ear. I put AirPods in so I can't hear anything. Close my eyes. And then I start participating. Lord, I know angels are circling your throne. I know angels are worshiping you. If I could see you, if I could see you, I can't. But if I could, I know I would say what they say. So I'm going to act like I can see you. Sometimes you have to move in order to experience a move. And I say to him, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with your glory. And the more you say it, the more you experience 
what you're saying. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. I'm picturing him in my mind. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is full of your glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Holy, 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 holy. In the Old Testament, people used to have incense at the bottom of chains. And when they'd swing them, smoke would come out. And when the smoke came out, it was like incense in your house. You could smell it. And so they would hold it on chains like this. And they would swing them whenever they worship because it would send incense up. And so when every time they'd worship, they'd worship like this. They'd swing it. One time in the Old Testament, the Lord was going to destroy all these sinful people. And the godly, as the Lord moved, he was killing people. They were just dying. Boom, boom, boom. So the godly people ran out in front of the wave of people that were dying. And they were walking like this. To slow the Lord down, they got the worship in front of the death. Sometimes you have to get the worship in front of the death. And so they sit there and they'd go like this. They'd swing it and the incense would go up. And so that's why instinctively when people worship, they worship like this. Because they're sending up incense. They're sending up incense. Nobody taught them that. They don't teach that in Sunday school when you're growing up. They don't sit there and when you worship, worship like this. It's instinct. When people start going like this, it's instinct. It's your soul overriding your flesh. Your soul. See, God knew you before you knew him. He says this, I knew you while you're in your mother's womb. You and God met before. (laughs) You just didn't know it. Instinctively, you knew. You know what to do. You know what to do. You know what to do. That's why when you don't come here, you know you should be here. You know what to do. And when you worship, you say, holy, 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 holy. That's why I don't get when somebody's been in a dry season for three years. I think to myself, have you not been saying holy? Have you not been saying holy? When you're struggling with depression and I'm one of them, get in the room. Holy, 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 holy. The whole earth, my room is filled with your glory. This sanctuary is filled with your glory. This city is filled with your glory. My heart is filled with your glory. My mind is filled with your glory. Holy, holy, holy. I'm going to tell you, depression, and I fight that more than anybody here. I can guarantee you that. Gone. If I'm fighting depression for too long, that means I haven't been swinging the incense. Stand up on your feet for me, please.
Would you raise your hands in this room right where you're at? Some of you may feel what Job felt. Some of you have already felt it. The graze of his presence. In the name of Jesus. If you have pain in your body, provoke it. Look at me. Provoke it. Try to make it hurt. And watch it leave. If you receive a healing in this church, you have to email us. You have no idea how much it encourages us. Provoke it. Go ahead right now. Provoke it. I don't care if you feel silly or not. Provoke it. If it's your neck, move your neck. If it's your back, move your back. If it's your arms, move your arms. In the name of Jesus cancer. We can't provoke you, but you hear me, you demonic spirit. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Cancer, leave this room. Leave this room. If there's any children back there suffering with Tourette's or Batten's disease or uh, what's the thing with the puzzle piece? What's the name of that? Autism. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Healing virtue. Healing virtue. Your whole earth is filled with your glory. Like wind, like wind, blow every sickness out of this room. Blow every disease out of this room. In Jesus' name. 